almost thought it was a fluke on the website. <laughs> I was like, they accidentally published the wrong number. Because last week, I only had 20 subscribers of people I knew. And then now it's 520. If you want to check out the comic, it's at webtoons.com. And it's called Blossoms and the Apricot. Welcome, everyone. We have Anna Clark on the podcast today. We met at a local meetup, and then we actually spent the day at Thrive Together in Salt Lake City. And um, Anna, I thought, would be a good guest to have. She's in a mixed-faith marriage, and she also has started writing a comic that goes through her whole LDS story. And so I'm going to throw it back at you. Is there anything I missed? No, I think that's great. Okay. I actually wanted to talk to you about how you've gotten to where you are. Where are you at? Yeah. I grew up in the church and um, ever since I was little, I experienced some scrupulosity, um, doubts, and it kind of wrecked my life (laughs) a little bit. Um, I left the church when I went to college just to give a break. And then I came back because I felt like that was what I was supposed to do. Uh, That's what I wanted to do. And then I have left again. Um, and that was a year ago. I was curious. So was your leaving gradual? I would say it is. Like There was like a time you said, now this is, I am gone. Um, with the first time, it was very abrupt. Like, I just need a break <laughs> from thinking about this. But I would say the second time was very gradual. If you want the full story, just follow my comic. <laughs> That's right. So I want to talk about your mixed faith marriage, but before we do that, let's take a look at your comic, a web comic. Yeah. <laughs> it's on webtoons, web webtoons.com. Yep. And you're at chapter 6 so far. Yep, there have been 6 chapters. I'll let you just kind of talk through this like there's listeners and they can't see too yeah yeah um yeah so actually technically i guess i didn't say this is it's uh, a memoir basically (laughs) um so yeah you go to webtoon and you'll see immediately that there are chapters and they're listed in the um order that they are published so um it's better to start at chapter one but i guess i can't tell you what to do Uh, but yeah, I have six chapters. Um, first of them being an in- first one is an introduction, second one's dedication, and then the rest kind of just start going through my life, through my childhood. And the last one is me becoming a beehive or a young woman, getting into young women's. Um, yeah. yeah. So I I find like, I think it's really cool that you did the artwork. I'm really jealous of people that are artistic, and I think. The artwork looks great, and you wrote it, of course, as well. I am impressed. It seems to me that when people do like a creative thing like this, it helps them work through stuff. And I feel like that. I feel like the my podcast has done that for me a little bit, and um, maybe it's done that for mm. you too. And so, yeah. maybe you can talk about that a little bit. 
Yeah, it was definitely therapeutic to put into words what I experienced. Um, I would recommend it for anybody <laughs> in a faith crisis or post-Mormon or post-religious state to in some way try to not memorialize, but just share your experience because it's worth sharing. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's helped me realize a lot of things that um, about myself that I'd never thought about such as in this chapter, how I was not really well equipped for, Having the law of chastity be my first lesson in young women's. Yeah, I really like that. Okay, so her chapter six, uh, her chapter six is called "The Birds and the Beehives." So yeah, yeah. so your first <laughs> lesson in beehives is about chastity. chastity. And that's another thing. A lot of these chapters are going to be kind of sad, probably, or mm -hmm. maybe a little too relatable to some of you. Mm -hmm. um, and that's okay. Just know that the fact that I'm drawing this and I'm writing this means I'm in a better place. <laughs> like, literally, I'm writing it and I'm laughing. Just thinking about all the funny little things that I went through. And I wanted to make the art style extremely lighthearted. Even if it was a very serious subject, make it just as lighthearted as possible. Yeah. And have as many Mormon aesthetics as possible, too. It's yeah, important. I, I think you succeeded. And I honestly... One of, I just think it's so cool. Like some of the details you do throw in there. This is this one is oh, the one that yeah. caught my eye. It's like that. Like, draw that's the definitely that's definitely an LDS chapel. <laughs> yeah. And so, I just, I don't yeah, know. I do realize that really like cool. Mormon aesthetics, like carpet on the walls and the that visitors kind of thing. welcome. Yeah, <laughs> like Mormon aesthetics aren't very triggering to me, but I could see how they could be triggering for other people. But, um. I try to include it in there just because it just brings me back. You can smell a church gym, right? You can right. just like know what's going on. I wanted to ask you, you were saying it's therapeutic and I was wondering how it was therapeutic. Like how has it helped? Do you feel like? Um, it helped. It's helped me because it kind of gives my experience some distance. Like I'm just looking at it as an observer <laughs> And, um, for example, when I was a teenager, and this is the next chapter I'll be doing, um, I gave up on fiction books because I thought they were a waste of time and did not further my progression. Um, and so I write that and I'm like, wow, that's insane. <laughs> like that did not actually help me in the long run. And so to be able to write that in words and to share it is like, um, kind of saying goodbye to that mindset or that mentality, that scrupulous mentality. It's just like, you don't serve me anymore, but I acknowledge you were there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, so you said in the last like week it's blown up and that's kind of surprised you a little bit. Like that's yeah. exciting. I'm excited for you. Like it's so well done. I'm glad people are enjoying it. <laughs> yeah. I almost thought it was a fluke on the website. <laughs> I was like, they accidentally published the wrong number because last week I only had 20 subscribers of people I knew. And then now it's 520. That's awesome. I'm like, oh, that's weird. Now they're but, waiting for the next one. 
Yeah, it's super cool, though, because I've been getting a lot of comments from people who are in different religions. And some of them are minors. Some of them are teenagers that are like, I don't know if I want to be part of this anymore, but if I let my parents know, then I'll be in big trouble. And I'm like, mm. I know what that's like. <laughs> uh, so it's nice that a lot of people are seeing it that might need it. Yeah. So that's ultimately what it's for. Is for people who need it. I want to share this comment. It's obvious you put a lot of thought into this project, which you definitely have. Like you have your whole outline already done and you're just now doing the illustrations, right? As you push, publish mm -hmm. it. And you're very being open with us and trying hard to speak only for yourself and not outright accept or condemn your experiences, but try to remember the good and take a step back to oh. examine them. What if like, and I noticed that too, right. As I was going through, um, as, as I was going through it, you're like, maybe like, I mean, it, like, I mean, obviously you have your perspective that's definitely in it, but yeah, I'm trying to be as that. open as possible because I remember when I was younger and having a faith crisis constantly seemed, or a lot of doubts, um, I really did not trust anything that wasn't on LDS.org. Yeah. And so I wanted to make something that f isn't outright like YouTube comments. Yeah. <laughs> or like ex-Mormon Reddit. Ex-Mormon Reddit can be like scalding. When you get in there for the first time, you're like, why is everyone so mean <laughs> uh, towards the church? Um, but yeah, I wanted to make as objective of a, as a place as I could, but that's nearly, that's impossible to do, but I wanted to get as closest to it as I could. So no, I think you've done a good job. I think it's well done. Thank you. We talked about the first run through. <laughs> Your husband has helped you edit it a little bit. Yeah. And, yes. And so, like, do you feel like that's helped? And, like, do you appreciate that? Um, and I'll talk about that a little bit. Yes. When you are away from religion for a while, you forget what is offensive or what isn't quite right. Um, and with my comic, I wanted to make sure that anyone could read it and they would know where we're at. So, like... I could say beehive or Maya made and then they I would have to define it so they know what it was. Um, and so I have my husband help me edit it to make sure that I'm saying everything that a Mormon would not find objectionable while also staying true to what I'm trying to say. Right. And he's I really good that way. I should really write his name in it, actually. Editor. Editor. <laughs> I should do that. Um, I will. <laughs> How long until you will have it completed? And yeah, um, yeah. Anything about it that you want to share there? How yeah, often do you put out new chapters? Yeah, so I am trying to put out a new chapter every other Monday, and I'm planning on doing that till it's done. And I don't care how long it takes, but I'm guessing it'll probably be all done in April of next year. And do you have your, in your outline, in your rough draft, do you have the chapters already laid out or do you kind of get to a point where you're like, this is enough for a chapter? Yeah, no, I have to decide that every week. 
every other week i'm like oh this is like 20 pages of just being 15 years old i'll probably have to cut that down or move it into something else that seems more similar or something <laughs> all right and do you have like what are your hopes after this is this project's done i'm hoping there will be some closure to that part of my life um, and I want to do another comic as soon as possible after that. That's more uh, fantasy, nonfiction, of course. <laughs> um, and just a fun story. That's cool. So you say your husband's helping you. And that seems like a really pretty solid relationship there. So um, has it always been like that? Actually, yeah. There were definitely rough patches, but um, I think our marriage, mixed faith marriage, was different in that we never, we never even considered separating. A lot of mixed faith marriages go through that. I'd say out of all the mixed faith marriage experiences I've heard about, I don't think ours is a bit, has been the most extreme. Still so, really hard, though. So, yeah, what has been hard about it? Um, what has been hard about it is it's just kind of difficult to accept that you are on a different page than your spouse when it comes to something as important as religious belief. Especially when you had it for so long. Yeah, and before that, we'd always agreed on pretty much everything. <laughs> so to be that different about the most important thing is really difficult. <laughs> So you've been in a mixed faith marriage for about a year then, if you left about a year ago. And I was wondering, like, did you talk to your husband right away about it? Or did you kind of, how did that work out? Yeah, so um, I actually talked to him, like, every time I, every moment I was learning something new or feeling something new, I would tell him about it. So I didn't really tell him all at once. Um, it was kind of gradual to... Um, when I made the decision to stop going, it was not really a surprise. <laughs> it was just like, yeah, it's a logical conclusion. How are your feelings? <laughs> How are his feelings? How was it at the beginning? Yeah, it was really hard at the beginning. Um, because for the most part in our relationship, we'd always achieved peak understanding. <laughs> and um, at this point, it was just like, we're not getting each other at all. It's like we're talking past each other. Um, there was a lot of panic um, in those first couple days. But I felt like it was mostly my fault, for sure. Like, if I had just not read this stuff, then our marriage might have been better? Question mark. But that's not really... Do you still really... think that now? Uh, no. No. I mean, oh, but that's what the panic was. That's what you're. Yeah, panicking. that was what the panic was. I was like, oh my gosh, I just created this chaotic mess. <laughs> Do you guys feel like you have like a new thing that's the most important to you guys? Um, yeah. So I mean, we met in the singles ward, and then he was. I got endowed way before we were even engaged, and that was a big part of uh, our relationship. And the temple was just a huge part of our relationship. And church just in general just like while you were dating you would go to the yeah. temple okay I, I got endowed on my own accord and it was just a such a huge it was our like shared hobby 
for a while. Um, but then when this happened, we um, decided we need to have other things <laughs> that we talk about. And so right now it's Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> we mostly that's spent cool. doing that together. Um, and that's kind of filled that hole of like... What you have in common. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't say that's the most important thing for us. I know what you mean. <laughs> you know what I mean. Do you feel like you realized, like, why you married your husband? Like, the, some of those, it wasn't just because oh, you guys yeah. have the church in common. Like, you've started to see some of the things, like, why you chose him. Yes. <clears throat> all the things that we started dating, like, all the things I knew about him before have not changed. Do you still talk to him about his church stuff still? Like, I mean... Are you able to, or does it, like, is it, you're like, Ugh, please don't tell me about that, or? <laughs> um, yeah, sometimes. Like, how do you I'll support ask, him, I guess? Yeah, I ask him about how church was. I don't go to church um, with him, because we found out it's um, hard when I'm there, hard when I'm not there. It's just the same. <laughs> just Explain because, that. Like, how is it hard when you're there? Um, just because... Sometimes I have a hard time while I'm at church and he can tell like, mm -hmm. oh, she heard the Sunday school teacher say this and I know what she's going to say about it when we get home or, you know, yeah. it's just like. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. I don't know. Um, and it's obviously hard for him to be there alone. Yes. That is, I think, the hardest thing for him is going to church alone and being like, I have a wife, I promise. <laughs> You don't need to give me the marriage lesson. Yeah, <laughs> I did my duty. <laughs> uh, yeah, there... I try to I try to Go support ahead. him by like, what did you learn at church today? Which the, it kind of sounds like I'm talking to a kid, but <laughs> oh, I um, spent a few hours there. Like, yeah. yeah, what have you been doing? What do you up did to? you learn anything cool in church today? Or when he was a Sunday school teacher, I try to help him prepare his lessons in the classroom management sense because I did have some teaching experience, not teacher now, but, um, so he thought that that was very helpful. <laughs> That's just a few things I can think of. That's cool. I try to make sure that like, if I have, if I've noticed he hasn't gone to the temple in a while, I'll be like, you should go ask our mutual friend to go with you. So I know you'll feel better. <laughs> um, yeah, just little things like that. I wish there was, I had more ideas of what I could do. But it's hard. Yeah. And how does, how has he been supportive to you, do you feel like? I mean, he's helping you edit this. That's, yeah. that's so cool. Helping me edit has been super nice. And it's like supportive in multiple ways when he does that. Um, he will listen to me talk about church history <laughs> some spouses won't do that so i love that um and he's just super supportive and nice all around yeah i love it so okay are there are there topics you do avoid or is there any advice that you have for people that may be going through a mixed faith marriage we particularly avoid topics like that will end up in a black and white paradigm. So like whether Joseph Smith was a bad or good man or 
whether polygamy was the worst thing on earth or, you know, or it shouldn't have been practiced or things like that. We try not to talk about it in that, those kind of terms. There aren't really any topics we won't talk about, but we'll just try to frame it differently. Um, so for example, if I want to bring up a subject, a topic of church history or church problems, um, I'll be like, is it okay if I talk to you about this really quick? It's kind of bothering me. <laughs> and I'll be like, yeah, what is it? And I'll be like, well, I'm kind of bothered that um, the second anointing exists. And then I'll explain what it is. And he'll be like, oh, yeah, I didn't know about that. That would be that would be um, upsetting to hear about. And we just kind of pragmatically approach topics that way instead of getting emotionally invested in them. Or not invested, but emotionally um, opinion like your opinions inserted yeah it's just opinions it's not like hey this is a fact and you have to agree with it right now <laughs> um and that's and you say you've developed that like that was yes, something that was there right time. at the beginning yeah right at the beginning i felt the need to be like have you heard of the happiness letter you have to know what it is you know now it's just hey i found out um fantasia was in the temple did you know that the temple video or whatever. What was that one? Did you know that one? I think it's in the third saints book now. Um, when they filmed the temple video for the first time, they needed a segment for the creation video, like the creation part. So they asked Disney, Walt Disney himself, if they could use parts of Fantasia as like the creation of the earth. And I think they use it. I haven't seen it. I don't think you can, can see it. Um, but they cut it into parts, so, like, you can't see the dinosaurs. Fun little church facts like that are a lot more interesting than problematic. <laughs> yeah, now. So I try, to, I try to find things like that that I'm like, wow, did you know that? <laughs> there is something I wanted to talk about with mixed faith in my experience. Um, when I first told my husband after reading the CES letter that I not only wanted a break from the church, but I also didn't think it was true. Um, I was panicked because when we were engaged, I asked my husband for some reason, I felt compelled to ask him if, um, if I left the church, would you divorce me? I asked him that. <laughs> you were dating? When I, we were dating, I was like, because you'd oh. already had that experience of leaving for a little I'd while. I already had that experience and that first experience, a lot of people dropped out of my life, and it was really painful. Oh, wow. And so I asked him that, and I was like, I'm not planning on it, but if that did happen, how would you react? Would you divorce me? Or I didn't say it like that. I think at first I said, if I wasn't a member, would you marry me? And he said, no. <laughs> and I asked, well, what if I ended up leaving the church later, later on? Would you still marry me if you knew that? That's what it was. Okay. And he said no. And I was distraught back then, even though this is a total hypothetical. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that moment came back to my mind when I told him that I thought the church wasn't true and that I was going to leave. So I thought that it would just come back to what he answered. Yeah. And uh, that did not happen. <laughs> and when I bring it up to my husband, I'm like, do you remember saying that? He's like, yes, but... 
I don't mean anymore. Like, I totally, he's like, I don't know what I was talking about. Like, I obviously love you and I want to be married to you. And um, he's like, I just shouldn't have said that. <laughs> but yeah, I was really panicked. Yeah. When that happened. So I thought that would play out. Well, did he share some of the feelings that he was having, like, right when that happened? Like, I know that my husband, he, when I first told him, it wasn't even that I, I want to leave or anything. It was like, I don't know if that's a good way to know things. And um, I just don't know if I know. But mm-hmm. it was like, that's what it, what I said. And he had, like, the worst 24 hours. And he was just, like, in his head going like do you not even care about our marriage or your celestial marriage he talks like that if i ever bring up i think he i remember him talking like that when i was thinking about resigning because resigning cancels your ceiling basically oh okay it stinks so i don't plan on resigning for that reason because that would just be devastating i feel like as a believing spouse to just all of a sudden your ceiling is not annulled, but kind of. Yeah. That's interesting. Do you have any advice? Like, yes, you had good advice. So I'd like you to share it. <laughs> um, my advice is, I think it's good. <laughs> take a deep breath. Everything's gonna be okay. Um, watch marriage on a tightrope, not just because it's on Mormon discussion channel um no it actually really is good alan and katie do a good job um i love their podcast it helped me a lot just to know i wasn't alone and there was one quote they said that really helps me and it's that (laughs) you should take your spouse's preferences seriously but not personally so um it's okay that you're on different pages. You just respect it. A lot of times your beliefs are wound up in your identity and so when someone says, oh, I don't, I don't believe uh, what you believe, they can take it. Like it is personal. It's really hard to separate that. And that's a cool quote because I feel like we shouldn't dismiss each other like across our differences. And it's really easy to do that. Like from the believing side, it's really easy to dismiss people that leave and say, oh, they trust men more than God or they trust themselves more than God, right? And they can just mm-hmm. dismiss them or they're following Satan, some some dismissive thing. And then on the other side of though, you kind of like, I've grown up, right? Like you haven't graduated yet and I've grown up. So I have yeah. the higher light knowledge. So it's still also dismissive. So it's really hard. And, yeah, you and definitely you, you can't both, do that. Yeah, like you, you, you have this, um, it's really hard to not dismiss someone else's beliefs while by still like when you still stand by your own, but that's mm-hmm. a really cool way to put it is, you know, I'm going to take your perspective seriously. Like I'm not going to dismiss it and, mm-hmm. and I'm not going to take it personal when you don't accept mine as being true either. Right. Like, yeah, I, I think know, an, really cool. another thing they say is for the post-Mormon or the post-religious person, you should say, you want to, you want to have a conversation about, is it true? Is it not true? But what you should say to your baby spouse is it doesn't work for me. It works for you, but doesn't work for me. Using that language rather than it's true or not true is a lot more helpful. 
Yeah, that's good. Which I found helped me a lot. I was like, oh, yeah, it's okay. <laughs> right. It just doesn't work for me. I also don't think it's true. But <laughs> mostly, <laughs> it just doesn't work for me. <laughs> right. I honestly think that's one of the hardest things to do is to really understand and believe that, like, maybe there's something I'm missing. Like, mm -hmm. I don't know. So maybe I haven't graduated. Like, I do feel like there are wise people in and out of the church, and there's people I want to emulate and in and out of the church. Yes. And so it, it's not like having that base belief is the thing that makes you a good person or a wise person or someone that people look up to. It's there's something else going on, and I do want that still. And if that helps some people do that, then that's cool, right? Like. Mm -hmm. Um, I think, I don't know. So, yeah, I will say though, um, I think there are a lot more benefits to mixed faith marriage than most people can usually think of. Um, like it's just super nice and kind of how you're saying that, um, I was in, in an echo chamber constantly with it when my husband and I agreed on everything, but now it's like, there's always some pushback in some way in the best way possible. Um, and that's super trust. nice. Yes, with someone you trust. And you know they're going to love you even if you say something. Like, I could say something like, um, maybe a little crazy. And they could push back on it and you're comfortable. That's nice. Right. And it's because they want the best for you, right? It's yes. It's not because they have to be right. Because they love you and they... And in that way, I do think our marriage is a lot better because before it was just like, do you agree on this? Yeah, I agree on this. Okay, we're good. Right. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. a lot more stimulating almost. Uh, it probably helps you both become better people too and you're able to do that. Yeah, That's I think cool. so. That's cool. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Love it. All right. Well, thank you um, for coming on and um, – yeah, I hope that people can find you. That's a really cool comic, and I think it's fair. It's fairly done. Uh, it's not super ex-Mormon Reddit, and it's not yeah. LDS.org either. It's yeah. just <laughs> somewhere in the middle. <laughs> yeah, it's really good. Yeah, well, it's been super fun, and I just hope my comic will help someone out there. If it helps one person, then... I'll be happy. And I think it already so. has. Well, thank hey. you. All right. Well, have a nice night. You too. All right. All right. Um, uh, fun tidbit, everyone. This is the second time we're doing this because I didn't actually record. So thanks, Anna, for being a champ. And we're going to go again.